You're listening to The Health Classes You Missed. My name is Monica and I'm a secondary school health teacher with a passion for all things health. Whether you're currently at school or you finished 20 years ago, this podcast will help you understand those topics that may have been skimmed over, considered inappropriate or flat out ignored. So sit up straight, faces forward, let's get into it. Hello everyone and welcome back. We are definitely back in the full swing of things for 2023 now. I hope everyone has had a great week. Thank you so much for all the support for the most recent How's Your Head episodes. You guys seem to have absolutely loved those. Um, So did I, such fantastic chats. So thank you so much for that. In today's episode, we are talking all about sun safety. Now, sun safety is hopefully something that everyone learned about at school. I feel like it should have been a really big focus, maybe wherever you are in the world, but definitely here in Australia. Of course, it is summer in Australia right now. So I was thinking we can always go with a little bit of a brush up on this kind of thing. More specifically today, we're going to talk about UV rays, how sunscreen works. We're going to talk a bit about getting a skin check and we're going to be discussing the problems with using melanin enhancing products, which I actually learned a lot through this research. So I'm really excited to learn and teach you guys all about this today. So let's talk about it. Why is sun safety so important? According to the Cancer Council, Australia has one of the highest rates of skin cancer in the world. In the world. That is crazy to me. According to SunSmart as well, two in three Australians will be diagnosed with skin cancer by the age of 70. Now, these stats are pretty scary. They are very real. And honestly, as a semi-young person now who doesn't really get sunburn, I definitely do not think about this enough. Obviously, when we are able to practice really basic sun safety, we can significantly reduce our risk of developing skin cancer or getting a sunburn in the first place. Now, if you are from Australia, you will know we have so many ads, there are so many resources out there, but how many of us actually listen? Generally in Western society, we associate looking tanned with being healthy. But as the ads say, there is nothing healthy about a tan, especially if you are straight up burning your skin first. As I mentioned, I am one of those people who generally forgets to put sunscreen on. I was also into lathering myself in oil and genuinely roasting in the sun for hours when I was younger. I know that I'm not alone in that. I also have eczema, which uh, pretty much means that most sunscreen absolutely destroys my skin. So that kind of adds a layer to it as well. I also don't really have skin that burns very easily. So all of these things combined, I have definitely been the type of person to just avoid wearing sunscreen. I just haven't really thought of it as something that's super important. And I was researching for this episode and thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's how I was doing it even a year ago. 
We are very, very lucky now in Australia to have a, a huge range of products that we can use. In fact, I have even been able to find some that work with my skin now. A couple recommendations here, but the Mecca SPF BB cream and the Banana Boat spray on sunscreen are absolutely fantastic. I try and use those pretty much every day, especially in summer. I guess the point of talking about all of this is that there are so many reasons why a person might not want to use sunscreen. Maybe they want to have a tan. Maybe you've got skin like me and you just can't use certain products. Whatever it is, today's episode, I promise, is going to change your mentality around that. All right, so let's talk about prevention. We have got our classic slip, slop, slap, seek and slide coming up here. And again, if you're from Australia, you should remember this one 100%. The first one we've got here is slip. And this one's all about slipping on some clothing. So making sure that you have as much coverage as possible. At the beach, maybe you could chuck on a rashie. I feel like we should make rashies cute again. I feel like they're coming back Fun fact here as well, you can actually buy some clothes with a UPF or an ultraviolet protection factor, which actually tells you how much UV protection the fabric will give you. I find that crazy. So if you're someone who maybe works outside a lot, this might be something that you want to look into, finding fabrics or clothing made out of fabric that increases your coverage from UV rays. The second one we've got here is slop. And this is all about slopping on some sunscreen. Now, the general recommendation is to wear SPF 30 plus every single day, which might surprise some people. And we will talk about what SPF actually means in a moment. Basically, to use sunscreen, you need to make sure your skin is clean and dry. The average adult, according to the Cancer Council again, will need about seven teaspoons for a full body application. So you do need a fair bit. I think that is a mistake a lot of us make is we don't put enough sunscreen on. We also don't reapply it. So you need to remember to reapply, especially after swimming or sweating and exercising, any of those things, you should aim for about every two hours. Now, SPF 30 plus, what does that even mean? What the hell is SPF? SPF stands for sun protection factor. And this is basically a measure of how well this product protects the skin from sunburn. Now we get sunburn from the ultraviolet rays from the sun. So when we're talking about UV, that stands for ultraviolet. And there are two types or two main types of ultraviolet rays. We've got UVB, which are associated with burning, burning skin. And these are kind of like a smaller wavelength. And then we've got UVA, which are associated with aging. And these are a bit of a longer wavelength. So UVB, burning, UVA, aging. According to the Cancer Council, the SPF rating indicates the amount of UVB that potentially reaches the skin if the sunscreen is applied properly. So for example, SPF 50 is estimated to filter 98% of UVB radiation with 1 50th or 2% reaching the skin. SPF 50, 1 50th. SPF 30 is estimated to filter 96.7% of UVB radiation with 1 30th or 3.3% of UV reaching the skin. So SPF 30 is because 1 30th of the UV rays will reach 
the skin or 3.3%. Now, there is not a huge difference here between SPF 50 and SPF 30. You can use both and both should be regularly applied. As I said, the recommendation is to wear some sort of sunscreen every single day especially according to Healthline, when the UV index is forecast to be above a three. And we will talk about what this means a little bit later. So let's look at some different kind of words and types of sunscreen that you might come across just to help you kind of determine and understand what might be best for you. So we talked about SPF, that is the sun protection factor. There's not a huge difference between 50 and 30. However, if you want more coverage, I would go obviously for SPF 50. You might find on a bottle of sunscreen that it says it's water resistant. This basically just means that it does not come off if you are swimming or exercising. Obviously, if you rub it with a towel or you rub your skin with a towel, it's going to come off. So that is when you would need to reapply. You might find a bottle that says something like broad spectrum. Now this was news to me. I didn't know this, but this means that it filters both UVB and UVA rays so that it can stop the burning ultraviolet rays and the aging ultraviolet rays. And lastly, that little plus sign, it says SPF 50 plus. What does that mean? That means that it must provide at least SPF 60 during testing. So any SPF 50 plus sunscreen is at least SPF 60 technically. The reason that they kind of bring it down and use that plus sign is because there is variations from product to product. So it's just kind of saving, uh, I guess, the sunscreen company if it doesn't work in the exact way that it should. So there you go. Slop on some sunscreen, at least seven teaspoons for your whole body, apply every two hours, and make sure that you're buying the sunscreen that is best for you. All right, we've had slip and slop. Now we've got slap. It's slap on a hat. So this recommendation is that you put on a wide brimmed hat that covers not only your face, but also your neck, your nose, and your ears. I don't know if anyone else has had really bad sunburn on their scalp before, but that hurts so much. So make sure that you get that hat on you. We all know the bucket hats are back now too, and they are absolutely perfect for this. The fourth one here is seek, and that is about seeking shade. So this, of course, could be trees. It could be a canopy by the water, an umbrella, a tent at the beach that picks up the wind and tries to take off on you every four seconds. Whatever it is, there are lots of options here. Of course, this kind of coverage or shade does reduce UV, but it's also important to know that UV rays can reach you from reflections, so reflections from the water, etc., um, that is super important to remember if you've got kids as well or like little babies that can't get sunburned. Make sure you still put sunscreen on them even if they are in the shade and cover them up because the reflection of the water actually could cause sunburn as well. And our final one here is slide. And this is about sliding on some sunglasses. Now, sunglasses should be worn with a hat to reduce the overall levels of UV. According to the American Academy of Ophthalmology, sunlight and UV can cause gradual degeneration of the retina, damage to the cornea, eye cancer, cataracts, and growths on the eyes. I actually didn't realize how harmful UV rays were for our eyes. I genuinely thought, you know, we just wear sunglasses to help us see because it's so glary and bright. I don't know if that's really silly of me, but I never, ever, ever really thought about 
eye cancer or degeneration of the retina or any of those things. So make sure you've got a good pair of sunnies. Polarized is best. Moving on now, we're going to quickly go a little bit more into detail about UV. So obviously I talked about UV briefly just before we know that UV equals ultraviolet radiation. And this is a type of energy that is produced by the sun. UV is also produced by some artificial sources like solariums. Now, solariums are those tanning beds that are now illegal in Australia. As we've touched on, this UV radiation is a main cause of skin cancer, but as we said, it can also cause eye damage, tans, and premature aging. So this is why we need to wear sunscreen every single day or SPF every single day. I have really gotten on that bandwagon now that I am nearly 26 years old. Believe me, start as early as you can. <laughs> now, most of us should know this, but we can't actually sense UV like we can sense heat or see the sun's light. So that is why it is often that you won't notice any kind of damage until it is done. And this is when we're talking about sunburns and tans and damage to the eyes, things like that. And again, this doesn't just happen from direct sunlight. Of course it can, but it can be reflected off surfaces as well. Super important to remember. Previously, we also mentioned something called the UV index. So what is the UV index? The World Health Organization's Global Solar UV Index measures the UV levels from zero, which is low, to 11 plus, which is extreme. Now we touched on this already, but the recommendation for wearing sunscreen is when the UV index is three or higher. And once you start checking this, that is literally every single day here in Australia. Obviously, at different times of the day, the UV will be different. For example, the middle parts of the day are generally going to have a high UV rating. You can, of course, check this on pretty much every weather app. I just use my Apple one on my phone. You know, there's Bomb or the SunSmart app is also one that you can use. It's also important to understand that UV is not the heat that we feel and isn't actually connected to temperature at all. So as I said, it's usually higher. The rating is higher in the you know middle parts of the day, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be highest at the hottest point of the day. In fact, it can be cold and the UV can still be high. And that is absolutely even when it's cloudy as well. The general rule is that from between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., it will always be the highest. If you are living in Melbourne right now and we're in summer, obviously, you'll know that our kind of hottest times of the day are about 3 to 4 p.m. So that's out of that 10 to 2 kind of bracket there anyway. Just proving my point that it doesn't matter if it's super, super hot at one point in the day. It doesn't mean the UV index is going to be at its highest point. Now here in Australia, the UV is so high because we are located near the equator. Now the equator is just the middle line of the earth that splits the northern and southern hemispheres. We also have minimal air pollution, so that's quite good. But that does mean that we are probably at a high risk of experiencing sunburn and skin cancers, like I mentioned at the start. Interestingly as well, and look, this is something that definitely made me rethink my relationship with sunscreen and tanning and all of those things. UV is something that accumulates. According to SunSmart, our skin actually records and remembers all the UV exposure over the years, and this can have a huge impact on your risk of skin cancer. So basically, 
you can't undo the sun damage that is already done. And if you're like me when I was 19 and living in Queensland, getting tanned every single day and not wearing a single speck of sunscreen, then start now. <laughs> because if I could go back and change that, I definitely would. Moving on now, let's discuss a little bit more about sunburn. You know, what happens if we don't do all of this stuff that I'm recommending now and we do end up with a sunburn? Because let's be honest, it happens. You end up in the sun for longer than you think, especially here in Australia, and you just go, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was getting sunburn. Now we know sunburn is caused by ultraviolet radiation. We've learned that already. And this is when the skin becomes really hot, red, and quite painful to move or to touch. Of course, your skin type will depend on how severely you experience sunburn and how quickly it comes about. But the general rule is that it will take a couple hours to go red, but then can develop for up to about three days. After this time, you might find once the skin has died and been damaged, you will peel. And this is just your body's way of kind of making way for new skin. To help this, that peeling and that redness and soreness and everything else, you can use products like aloe vera or moisturizer to help you. There are lots of gels and other stuff available. A little life hack here as well, keep whatever it is in the fridge if you do ever get sunburn so it's nice and cold on your skin. So we know sunburn caused by UV radiation makes our skin go red. How does this actually happen? The UV radiation causes the skin to make more of a pigment called melanin. Now this is a protective thing and it also causes the skin to change color. So for example, a person's either gonna get tanned or they will get burnt. When there is an overload or too much radiation and your skin can't keep up in producing the melanin, you get sunburn. Important to note here too that it does not matter your skin type. Everyone can get sunburn. Obviously, it is easier for some people than others based on the general pigmentation of the skin to begin with. So how do we treat sunburn? There are a few things that you could do here. These are just very, very general. So you could have a cool bath or get under some cool water like a shower. Make sure you drink lots and lots of water. You could take some Panadol or Ibuprofen just to help with the pain and the swelling. Very importantly, if you do blister, do not pop your blisters. I did this once and let me tell you, it is not great and it definitely increases the risk of infection. You can use creams to help soothe your skin. And of course, very, very important, make sure that if you do experience sunburn, you stay out of the sun until you finished peeling and your skin has regenerated. Now, according to Healthline, you should go see a doctor if you have any of the following symptoms. So these include things like blisters that have broken open, headaches or fever, nausea or vomiting, you feel dizzy, maybe you're experiencing really severe pain, if you have any swelling that looks infectious, all of these things could lead to heat stroke or even dehydration as well. And just quickly here, team, I want to talk about vitamin D because when I was researching this and thinking about this, a big thing in my head was, okay, but we need to absorb vitamin D, right? That's very, very important as a human being. It's a vital nutrient. So what's the go with that? How do we do that if we're wearing sunscreen every single day of our lives? 
According to Healthline, you actually absorb vitamin D quite easily, and you can even do this when the UV rating is low. Importantly, your body can also only absorb a certain amount at a time. So there's actually no point in spending extra hours in the sunshine just to absorb more vitamin D. All you're doing is increasing your risk of skin cancer. Now, in addition to sunlight, physical activity, supplements and foods like salmon, tuna and eggs all help to assist with production or provide vitamin D in the body. So it's not just sun that is how we can get vitamin D. There are other ways to do it. All right, let's now talk about getting a skin check. This is a resolution for me this year. I have actually booked one, so I can keep you guys updated on how that goes. But as I've said, over the years, I have spent a lot of time in the sun. So this is something that I definitely want to continue staying on top of. So how do we get a skin check? For me personally, I literally looked up skin check clinics in my area and booked online. It took me about three minutes max. You can also go to the doctor, so just your local GP, and get examined this way. Now, if you do have symptoms of skin cancer and need further checks, then they will refer you to a clinic or a dermatologist, and this just means that the cost will all be covered by Medicare. However, if you're just doing what I'm doing and going straight to the clinic, there is a direct cost, so approximately about $160 to $200. If you have no symptoms of skin cancer, basically it is not covered on Medicare, but it is still really important to go and get checked. Now, you can also check yourself for skin cancer or changes to your skin as well. According to the Cancer Council, 95% of skin cancers are treatable if found early enough. Now, some of you may have heard of something called melanoma, and this is the most serious type of skin cancer. Basically, this is definitely the one that we really, really wanna look for. So, how do we do this? How do we look on ourselves? You wanna have good lighting, you wanna make sure that you can see every single part of your body, so that might mean getting butt naked at some points. You wanna make sure you have a large mirror or even a handheld mirror if there are kind of hard places to see on your body, and you wanna check your whole body. You wanna look for things like new spots or spots on your body that may have changed. And now, if you do notice these things, make sure you do head to a doctor straight away. When I was first researching this, I thought, oh my God, how would I even remember if I've got a new freckle or a mole or how will I even know if something's changed? A good thing to do here would be to write things down to keep on top of it so that of course you do remember what is new, what isn't. We also have iPhones, most of us, iPhones, phones, cameras all around. So you should be able to take a photo of things on your body as well, just to look out for any changes in the future. Basically, what you want to look for is spots that feel or look different to other spots on your body, spots that maybe have changed size, shape, color, or texture, sores that don't heal within a few weeks, or sores that are itchy and bleed. Of course, I will make sure to link some resources in the show notes for you guys with some graphics to help with this as well. So check those out if you want to have a little bit more of a look. Our last little bit of the episode here, we are talking about melanin-enhancing products. If you haven't heard of this, sit tight, we're going to talk about it. So what's the problem with melanin-enhancing products? 
Some people may have heard of something called Milano Tan. Now, Milano Tan is a product that comes in the form of pills, creams, injectables, nasal sprays, or even misting sprays. Basically, these products mimic a hormone in the body that causes the skin to produce a pigment called melanin, which we've talked about already. Now, there are two types of Milano Tan. There's Milano Tan 1 and Milano Tan 2. According to Healthline, both Milano Tan 1 and Milano Tan 2 work by replicating alpha melanocyte stimulating hormones in the body. So what happens is melanotan binds to melanocortin receptors and stimulates the production of the pigment melanin in your skin cells. Now, the more melanin, the darker the skin. So people use these products for tanning purposes. They use them so that they can get a deeper and darker tan quicker and easier. This is because, as we just said, the hormone is mimicked, more melanin is produced, more pigmentation occurs. This is what creates that quicker and darker tan. Let's quickly look at the difference, though, of Milano Tan 1 and Milano Tan 2, because there is a difference. Let's start with Milano Tan 1. So Milano Tan 1 is known as Afamilanotide, and this is what it is known when it is used medically. So medically, this is used as an approved prescription medication that is made to support management of particularly rare and incurable genetic diseases. Now, this should and will only be prescribed under close medical supervision, and this is because of the amount of side effects that Milano 10 one actually has. Milano 10 2, on the other hand, is not medically approved. So it has a shorter lifespan in the body. It is not included in the Australian Register of Therapeutic Goods or the ARTG. It has not been assessed for quality, safety, or efficacy by the TGA either. And that's the Therapeutic Goods Administration. In fact, according to the TGA, development as a potential medicine was stopped due to safety reasons. So when Milano 10 is being sold illegally online, it means that it's totally unregulated. This is a keyword as well here. It's just like what we talked about in the vaping episode, if you've listened to that. Basically, it means that you have no idea what you're actually buying or what you're putting in your body. There is absolutely no one governing the safety of use or production of this product or checking that the product contains what it claims to contain. That means that the long-term effects here are totally unknown, which to me is a pretty scary thought. In saying that, there are a few things that we do know definitively. We know that melanotan can cause the following. First one is erectile dysfunction. Second one is skin cancer, so it can increase the uh, risk of developing new moles. It can cause kidney failure. There are injection risks, of course, so this could increase the chances of a person contracting hepatitis B or C, getting a blood infection, any of those kinds of things. It can increase the risk of nausea, vomiting, and cause a loss of appetite. People might experience involuntary stretching and yawning, and it can also increase a person's chances of developing acne as well. Now, the TGA are actually getting on to influencers and businesses who promote these products too, with fines of up to $888,000 for individuals or $4.44 million for corporations. 
So it's super important to remember to be vigilant online and remember that people can sell so many dodgy or random products that could harm your health in a huge way. Just because your favorite influencer does it doesn't mean that you need to as well. Make sure you make your own choices and you understand the implications. That is all for today's episode. I hope you feel inspired to get SunSmart this summer and for the rest of the year. Remember that UV is accumulative, so start taking care of your skin now. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for subscribing to my YouTube channel. Thank you for following wherever you are listening. Stay safe, have a wonderful week, and I'll be back in your ears with another How's Your Head episode on Thursday. See you later.